All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan, and welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Lisa Sanderson. Lisa is Vice President Marketing and Strategy at Gleisher Manufacturing. The company engineers custom converts and supplies bonding, sealing, and fastening solutions for a global clientele, including among its long list of clients are the U.S. military and leading aerospace, electronics, and medical device companies. So Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So share with us a little bit about your background and what led you to doing what you're doing. Uh, My company is a family-owned company, so I have been involved in the company since birth. I remember when I was younger being at the factory a lot. My background, though, I never really wanted to go into the business. Neither my brother nor I wanted to do that. I went to school for business, both undergraduate and graduate degrees, and I tried to get as far away as I could. But my boyfriend at the time, who turned out to be my husband, went to work for my father. So it tied us back to the business. And I proceeded along my own path. I was a product manager for a consumer packaged goods firm. And then once we had our children, I ended up staying home, doing different things, running committees, setting up new businesses. I also became a holistic health coach and wrote a book and had a practice of my own there for a while, was a business consultant as well, and then realized if I'm going to consult other businesses, I should probably consult my own where I have a vested interest. And so that's when I really started moving back into working with the business, looking at it from a different perspective. And I think the business was at that time ready for me to come in and do these type of things. It's interesting. And it says, and it sounds like after a long journey, you were also ready to come into the business. (laughs) Yeah, I think, yeah, I guess I was. I mean, my daughters were older. And so it was nice to have the flexibility of working primarily for myself. I have a very flexible schedule. So that was great. And yeah, when I started thinking about what could I do, I knew that this is where I can make an impact and it would benefit me as well as the company in the future. So I think about a lot of my clients and people that listen to the show who are concerned about succession planning because they don't have kids that want anything to do with the business. So what was it besides your husband working there? Was there another draw that kind of led you to coming back there? My daughters definitely do not want any part of it. So we're still working on succession planning moving forward. My dad is 83 years old. And whenever he is, as long as he is in New Jersey, he is at work. The succession planning is a little more difficult. We don't really know about, he doesn't really understand retiring. But Doug and I are looking, my husband and I are looking towards that. So we are working towards succession planning. But I think what just drew me to it, my husband was vested in it. My parents were very generous about including us in ownership of the business. And so when you have a business that you own, you, you feel tied to it. And I think that really pulled me back that I could really see the impact that I could make to make the, and the business was ready. The business was ready for 
the changes that needed to be made to bring it from a family business to a business that just happens to be run by a family, make it a little more structured and organized. So, right. And that was some of the things that were taught that you were talking about, or we were talking about before the show with a company that's been around for 70 years, there are changes that need to be made as people come and go in the business and things change and technology changes. And I know you're right in the middle of all of that now. So how are you changing it from a family business to a business run by a family? That's really interesting because something you just said, I just want to comment on, we don't have a lot of people changing. The majority of our employees have been with us I think our average employee is like 10 to 15 years. So we have employees that have been with us for 30 years, which is great because the fact that people tend to stay, but it also makes it difficult to change a culture where people are used to something specific. So it's not just, so you have to think about the culture change and how you're going to implement the change is almost as important as the change itself that you're making. The things that we need to start doing is really putting protocols and procedures into place and sticking to them and training people to understand those changes and why they were important and why we needed to do the things we are. The 19, when the business was started 70 years ago, it wasn't a, they didn't have, we didn't have any background. My, my grandfather just started doing this. Actually, the business started by making pocketbooks. And then my father came along and he was an engineer but he doesn't really, didn't ever worked for anyone else and didn't really have any business background. He learned as he went. The same with my husband. He calls himself a political science engineer. But the business portion of it needs to be taken care of. People, There's never really been anyone in the business. So what I've come in and done is say, hey, these are some protocols we can put in place. These are some structures that we should have that will help us to move forward. So even things like employee reviews, something that simple, we've implemented for employee reviews just so that people know what, how they're doing. We can get, it gives us an opportunity to talk to our employees one-to-one to get some feedback from them where they might not in the future, especially our employees on the plant floor. We, you don't really get to talk with them as often and they might not voice their opinions or their concerns as much. And also it's a place to set up for people to grow and for people to realize that they they can move forward within the company and not just stay where they are. We've also tried to just, that's one of the main things that we've done to try to get it implementation, but we're also just trying to implement a protocol for the way an order goes through the system and how we follow up with our customers. So everywhere from sales to shipping, we're trying to really understand the process and have a process in place instead of, oh, this is just what we do so that people, consistency can happen. That makes sense. Well, and the thing that you said that's both good and scary is when you have employees that have been with you for 30 years, there's going to reach a point where they're either going to not be on the planet anymore, or they're going to decide to finally go play with their grandkids and great grandkids. Yeah. Putting those protocols into place so that future generations can come in because you have a 30 year employee walking out the door. They're taking that company history with them. They're taking all the little shortcuts that they know because they are masters of their craft with them. So in putting together these protocols, is there anything you're doing to capture that 
that knowledge, that expertise, and do almost like a legacy planning for the people who have been with you for so long and such dedicated employees. Yeah, it's really interesting that you say that. We actually lost, we didn't lose him. He retired last year, an employee that had been with us for 30 plus years. And although over 30 years, almost 40, I think. And the knowledge given, so we are a job shop where we don't manufacture like maybe some of your other guests do where we make a one thing. We make, we engineer solutions for manufacturers. So they come to us, they're like, we need this part and we help them figure out how to do it to make their products better. So every, we have, the people have to know what our capabilities are. We lost, so when we lost this employee, when he stopped working for us, I don't think anyone realized how much knowledge went with him. We did realize it. We just didn't know how to capture it because we were trying to capture it. And he was resistant to that. Now we're trying to get to the point of capturing that. One of the things that I'm planning to do is actually videotape my father and have discussions with him about why he built the machines, how he built them, what their capabilities are, you know, what maintenance should be just little things like big things like that, so that we don't lose that history, because we still have him there now. And if there's a huge question, we can ask it. But and I plan on doing the same thing with our employee that's been there 30 years, that's also production manager. I don't know how quick I think he's going to be around for a little while. But we do need to get that knowledge into place. And that's the part that's missing, we can put all the protocols and the structures into place that we want. But if we don't, if we're not tracking or or writing down or recording why, how we do each job. That's the, like you said, that's what we're going to lose. And the tricky part is implementing that within a culture where that's never been done before. So we've never had to do this before. Why do you want us to do it now? Or finding an easy way to do it when your systems might not be set up exactly the way you want them to be for this type of situation. So those are the things we're working on and they're challenging. It's real challenging. The cool thing too about the videoing people is that we all carry around videos with us that are better than any technology that they even had 20 years ago. I had one of the guests on my show talk about the fact with they were a, a tool and die shop, I believe, that they had their legacy employees basically wearing GoPros so they could see exactly what they were doing. And I thought that, number one, that was fascinating. But the other thing, too, that also may help you is the fact that uh, you said that the one employee was resistant. But if you phrase it that this is your legacy You've been with us for 30 years. We want to capture what it is that you're doing so that your legacy can remain for generations to come. Then there's a sense of almost pride with that of, ooh, I'm setting the foundation for what the company is going to be. But just anything that you could can do to capture that and to not make it scary because you are right. These people, they're going to resist it. They think that, oh, you're just going to replace me with some young person coming in here. And it's no, dude, that's not it at all. You want to capture the good stuff you're doing. And that's in bigger companies and, you know, like standard operating procedure, standard operating procedure. Somebody should be able to walk in off the street, take it, read it and be able to do it. But it is resistant to people because they're like, why are you doing this? Are you doing it to replace mm-hmm. me? Are you doing it? And it's, I have to tell people, no, it's tomorrow when you're out, I need to be able to do your job. And so I need to be able to take that manual and just, especially in the office part of it, in the, 
invoicing and order entry and those type of things. But in the back, it's all it is we the way we keep notes now on our different jobs is is very cryptic, I guess is a good way to use. Right. use. And it needs to be more organized. We do have set up cards for each job. People make notes, but the notes need to be a lot more detailed and the way, and we don't even really have a place to put those notes that isn't on paper. We're actually, that's another thing we're moving away, trying to get away from paper. And that's something I had an employee who was printing the PDF and then scanning it to email it to the customer. So it was just a like in going through protocol with her, I'm like, why are you right. doing that? And she's what else am I supposed to do? And I had to teach her to just attach the PDF. She's also been with us for 30 plus years, but right. you know, I had to teach her to attach the PDF to the email. That was all. And that saved paper because we didn't need ever to print that document. It is, but I liked what you said and about reminding them that this is their legacy, that we're, they helped to build the company. And we know that we appreciate all of our employees so much, but it's not just rewarding them financially. It's also rewarding them by acknowledging their importance to the company. And so yeah. much of what they do for those 30 years, it's just intuitive. You, If you oh, yeah. ask them, how do you do this? Like, I, I don't know. I just do it. <laughs> I love the GoPro idea. I love it. I, or just like setting cameras up on the floor to monitor what people are doing. Cause yeah. that's a great idea. We were talking about starting to film it and we've been trying to get devices in place so people can use an iPad or an iPhone or whatever to just take pictures. Cause that's so easy now too, but that's just easy. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it's, I think it's easier when you're going through the films to be able to say, I noticed that you did that. What was your thought process behind right. it? Because then you have a little bit of both because otherwise they're going to be like, I don't know. I've been doing it this way for 30 years. It's just what I do because it's that muscle memory that yeah. comes through for them. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me years ago, my grandmother makes really great pierogies are made when she was alive and we wanted to capture the recipe, but she'd been doing it for so long. So my aunt would be like, Grandma Rose was making the pierogies. And every time she would go to put ingredients in, Aunt Adrian would be like, wait a minute. And she'd capture that, <laughs> measure out that exact thing, and then put it. Because it's really the only way you're going to get the recipe is right. to find out what, see what they're doing, and then go inside their head yep. to figure that out. So the other thing, too that is also really difficult for manufacturers when you have a long-term staff are those changes and getting the buy-in, getting them to understand why these protocols are necessary and why we're making all these changes. So what are you finding that's working and what are you still struggling with? What I find I've try to learn every time we do something. So I'll take the example of the reviews because that was a company-wide thing. I met with a lot of resistance. It took much longer than I wanted it to. And it, what I learned was what you were talking about your grandma. And I realized it with my kids, when your kids are young, you're like, go clean your room. And you don't think, oh, wait, do they know how to clean their room? <laughs> what steps do they say? My kids got it. I sent my kids to camp once with those disposable cameras. Remember we used to have, yeah, my kids yeah. had never used a camera before. They didn't, they were like, mommy, it didn't work. And I realized they, I didn't teach them to advance the film. Oh, these simple things that you don't realize that people don't know unless 
So when you implement a process like reviews and you have people that have worked for you for a very long time, the majority of people in our company have never been through a review because they've worked wow. for us the majority of their careers. And so implementing that became a little more difficult, explaining to them what it was about, what it was for, and getting the manager buy-in was the hard part because our plant managers who's has all this great information and is wonderful has never really had to manage that portion that kind of situation so we're sitting down with them and it's overwhelming because the man the plant manager is the one that has the most employees to do given that most people are the majority of our employees are on the factory floor that was that was a real struggle and it was sitting down with them and then they we went through it we got through the first round and now going back and saying okay uh, it, it was done. We got it done. Yay. But now let's look at how did it go? What was good? What was bad? And oh, by the way, here, uh, me learning as well, like these are some protocols we need to put in place. Like you have to get the employee to sign the review. Right. These are like these type of things are the things that we are, that you have to work on and change. But like you said, it, it has to be from a motivational, what's their motivation? How are you going to convince them that this is important? Not that it's just me coming in. And, and it's hard for me too, because the, they've been there 30 years. They saw me, they've known me since high school, college. Right. So when I, I'm just chick's daughter, I'm not, so what, so earning their respect and the authority of it of, okay, this is what we're doing now. Let's do this. That's been a struggle for me as well. So the things that have worked has been like sitting down with them, really talking, having conversations, making, but then you have to follow through because I find if you don't follow through and you just talk and you don't keep with it, it backfires on you because then it's, you said you were going to do this and you said we were changing this way, but it, you said we were going to meet every week, but we haven't been. So mm -hmm. you just don't keep your word. Why should I do anything? So it's really important to create the momentum, bring people in, but then keep it going. And I think that when it's like learning a new skill that it sounds great and we're all excited about it, but actually the repetition of it, you have to really work at it. Yeah. And it takes a while to build those patterns. Right. Like you said, that that consistency, that follow-up, making sure that you are listening to the employees with a thank you for sharing mindset. Yep. You're not arguing, you're not justifying so that they feel heard as well in the changes and what makes you uncomfortable? What would make it better? The view review process, what did you like? What can we do better next time? And making it a conversation because like you said, otherwise they have no idea. I've been here for 30 years. I've never had a review. Why are you doing this to me now? And managers who have never given a review, the managers who give reviews regularly don't like doing them. Why would somebody- it's also anytime there's someone that comes in, it was a little more difficult, like with me, I said, because of the situation, but someone that comes in and says, we're doing things differently and understanding that change management is not that is this art. I think, honestly, you just can't come in and say, this is what we're doing. And it took me a while to realize that because yeah. I knew we had to do it, but they didn't know. And so it's that convincing first thing I had to do was convince them that they, we needed to do it and then, and then help train them and work with them to do it. As opposed to being like, this is what we're doing, just coming in, we got to do reviews and this is exactly how we're doing it. Mm -hmm. Instead of asking for input 
or whatnot. I've learned to ask more questions. I've learned to get more input and not feel like I'm always right. And this is definitely the way we have to do it because you have to take baby steps and you have to meet people where they are and work from there. Exactly. So what do you think has been your biggest aha through this process? Wow. I think the aha of being a, moving from a family business to a business that's run by a family is a huge mindset shift. And the biggest aha for me on top of that was it's not that easy to convince people that we need to change and that you almost have to convince people that we need to change before they're willing to change. We've been doing it this way for all these years. Why, why do we need to change? What needs to be different? And 2023 is not 2000. It's not 1950. It's not even 1970 things. We have to change the way that things are doing and keep up. That's that I think is the fact that people just aren't ready to change the fact that people that you have to meet people where they are. Like I can't just send out an email because we have people that don't read their emails or don't have email. Or if you want to schedule a meeting, I don't just schedule a meeting through my calendar or whatever. I have to get up, go inside, talk to the people, get a, that I think was the biggest aha for me is taking the step back and knowing your audience, I guess is the best way. And there's a huge difference. Like you said, between your more tenured employees who don't know that you can just email a PDF. We don't even think about that because for us, technology comes super easy. For your older employees, they're still afraid of it. Even three years of a pandemic where the technology got so much easier and more intuitive, there's still people out there that are afraid of it. And I don't think we can hold that again. We can't hold that against them. We have to be willing to work with them to let them know that even though they don't get all this technology, they're still valued. We still value them. They still matter in the scheme of things. And these are the changes that we're making for the good of everybody. I think think another big issue that people have is what something you just said. We can realize that they're scared. We can realize that they they need training, which is really what it is, right? But when there's a resistance to the change and the training, then as a manager, you're you're caught a little bit. Right. And that's something we're struggling with too. We either have to figure out how to convince them to change or is it time to, to if they can't do the job anymore type of thing, which is right. it's a difficult, it's, it's hard. But so we're work, working to train everyone, get everybody up to speed and move forward. That's right. Yeah, And I know in my programs too, of looking at training as I'm investing in you versus I'm sending you to training because you're broken. Just like the difference in mindset of investing versus sending is the same as a family business to a business run by a family. It's just when you say it, it sounds the same, but when you think about it, oh, that's a completely different mindset. Right. And that's something new too, right? Because we've never really sent people to trainings before. And so now we are, and they do appreciate it. And we send people like, wow, they did, they're investing in me because they're spending the money. Plus we're moving forward as a company. This is what other, this is what my friends' companies do, or this is what I've heard about being done places. Yeah. That's 
Exactly. As we get to the end of our time yeah. together, if people did want to reach out, continue the conversation, maybe brainstorm some ideas that can help you both, whatever that leads to, what is the best way for somebody to connect with you? Probably through email would be great. My email is lisa, L-I-S-A dot S at Gleischer, G-L-E-I-C-H-E-R.com. Okay. Wonderful. Um, Lisa. Oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was also saying they can also find me on LinkedIn and I'm there as well. Okay. Yeah. And I will put this in the show notes too. So people can have it also sure. written if they <laughs> do that. Yeah. Glacier is uh, a tricky one. That's why I name changed my name to Sanderson because uh, a <laughs> <laughs> little easier without the spelling. Sanderson's a little easier. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Manufacturers Network Podcast. Do me a favor and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow this network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either send your buddies to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the Manufacturers Network podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow the network, the stronger and deeper the community will all have. Thanks again, and I appreciate you.